Hi there, I'm Melissa, a registered dietitian specialized in intuitive eating for on-again, off-again chronic dieters, and I'm here to help you take the guilt and stress out of eating so you can be the first in your family to break the diet cycle. I'm interested in helping you unlearn generational diet trauma so you can be who you are without food guilt. Be sure to follow on Instagram at nomoreguilt for more support between these episodes. Are you ready? Let's jump in. Do you ever feel like you just need to collect your thoughts? I've been feeling like I need to collect my thoughts lately. It's been three years of me creating content on Instagram, this podcast, newsletters. I genuinely love teaching you, but I also need space to feel inspired. So this will be my last episode for a little while. While I'm on my rumspringer, there are three ways I would suggest we keep in touch because you matter and your work matters to me. So one thing you can do is just follow this podcast. Even though new episodes won't be releasing every Monday as they have been, if I make an episode or come back again on a weekly basis to be determined, you'll see that pop up in your feed and you can get that content. If you don't follow, go ahead and do that. We can stay in touch that way. The second way we can stay in touch is for you to get on my newsletter. And the third way is to sign up for my free workshop in January. The workshop is called Setting Up for a Non-Diet New Year. And especially if you're thinking, oh man, I'm going to miss these weekly episodes. I'd love for you to join us for this free workshop. I'm going to teach you some skills to stage a non-diet 2023. And I'm going to leave some time for you to pick my brain. So you can tell me a little bit about your wins to get some support for them or get some feedback on your challenges. Totally okay to pick my brain. And truthfully, I'd love to meet some of you IRL in real life, as the kids say. The invitation for this is in show notes. I know that we are entering that time we call the holidays. And if you're anything like me and my clients, you are balancing quite a bit right now. Maybe you're trying to wind down work, finish shopping, prep for parties. Maybe there's some emotions present around your expectations and how things could have, should have, would have been for you. And all of that is normal. I don't want to leave you hanging uh, in the thick of this time without closing this season with some practical tips. And I was thinking about it, you know, on social media, I see a lot of support with boundary setting. I see a lot of support with like, oh, don't be, don't be worried about cookies and sweets and things like that. Here's how to get navigate that. And while those two individual topics are totally important, totally in my wheelhouse and things that I like to talk about. I actually want to end this season with a little bit more perspective because I think those topics come from a place of fear. What if someone says something that hurts my feelings and triggers me? What will I do? Or what if I binge on foods that I'm not usually around or they're really palatable to me? What will I do? Our questions around intuitive eating this time of year seem really, really fear-based. And so long as you come at this work from a place of reaction and fear, you can only get so far. So if just for 20, 30 minutes in this episode, you have a moment to step back and think about what you want instead, what is the joy or the satisfaction that you want to work toward? Maybe not fully get to this time of year, but what is it that you want to work toward? I think that would be awesome. I think that would be different from some of the things maybe you're thinking about or seeing if you follow along on social media, we can start with the source. The intuitive eating book, if you haven't gotten it yet, 
it's hard to sometimes apply it into your life on your own, but there are a lot of good foundational images and ideas in there. And here's how the book describes the principle or the idea of satisfaction that drives the entire intuitive eating process. Inside the book, there's this image and it's it's a wheel. It looks like a wheel with all these different spokes. And in the center of the wheel, it says satisfaction. And then all around that, it puts the other principles of intuitive eating. As you get stronger as an intuitive eater and you learn the skills, you are more likely to experience that satisfaction more often, but it's not a fixed destination. I get this question all the time with clients. They're like, am I there yet? Am I an intuitive eater yet? It is not a place that you arrive. It is a, it is a practice. It would be unrealistic for us to say, oh, you're never going to feel guilty about food or you're never going to feel overly full or you're never going to worry about your body image ever again. That would not be a realistic thing. Instead, we say when you identify you're not feeling satisfied, you have permission to make a change. A client of mine asked an amazing question earlier this week. I'm just remembering this. I geeked out when she asked it. She goes, Melissa, what is satisfaction? She goes, what, what is it really? Like, I don't, I think I get it. I don't know if I get it. What is, what is this satisfaction thing all about? And her question was so smart because we can think about satisfaction in this twofold way. The first way is the way that I'm describing right now. It's the broad balance of how you feel in your life. Intuitive eating thinks about it more closely linked to food, but it also makes space for things like coping with emotions, respecting your body. The other way we might think about satisfaction is your experience with the food itself. And that's what I want to chat about today because much of our podcast episodes have introduced you to some thinking. My free guide does this as well. It introduces you to some thinking to get to know what would satisfaction look like in your life. I don't think any of you are having a hard time imagining what a guilt-free life would look like. I think a lot of you are able, once you're prompted to say it, you know exactly what you want your life to look like or what you could imagine it to look like. The problem is how do you get there? But today I really want to give you some practical skills, especially since we might not be hanging out for a little while. So we are going to think about your pleasure, feeling pleasant in your body and what that looks like for you. And we have to start by removing the shame around the pleasure you get from food. It's time to let go of the fear of enjoying food. You guys know my mom is a long-time dieter. A lot of my inspiration for my work is rooted in what I saw her go through and now and in the past. And when I really started forming these insights around health at every size and linking it to her story and how that impacted me and all this sort of stuff. As, as I'm putting that all together, I asked her, I said, mom, why, why do you think diets never really worked for you personally? You know, I wanted to hear her takeaways from her lived experience, having dieted since she was a, a little girl trying to change her body. And she said to me, Melissa, you know, I just love food too much. And can I tell you that that broke my heart? This is a, this is a woman who we come from an Italian American family. We love food. We, it's the center of our celebrations. It's, you know, showing up at someone's house with, with food. It, it, it means so much. There's so much symbolism and connection that comes from food. She raised me in a family that gave me a value for food. I freaking love food. I like to make it. I like to talk about it. I like to shop for it. It really hurt my heart that she felt that that was something of a, a flaw in her. And if only she didn't love food, then maybe she would have achieved that thin ideal. And I don't think she's alone in that feeling. 
when I talk to clients who live in larger bodies, that's a, a common refrain. You know, social media, when the whole intuitive eating thing came out, there was like post after post after post of thin women eating cheeseburgers and donuts and <laughs> cackling, laughing, like I'm so free. And if a woman in a larger body put those same pictures up, they would not be getting likes and praise and all the rest. So it's not lost on me that there are massive differences around our society's acceptance of loving food when you are in a smaller versus a bigger body. 1000%. So here's a question. Like, can you think about yourself? Can you be honest about your lived experience? What was your body size relatively growing up? What is it now? Were you raised to believe that your love of food was a good thing, a positive, an asset, a joy, a pleasure? Or were you raised to perceive it as a quote, bad thing, a deficit, a block, immoral, a sin, something more of that point of view? If you are more the latter, it would make sense if satisfaction skills felt scary because you might be someone who learned an untrue lesson, but a lesson to you all the same, which is that meeting your needs and feeling pleasure around food equals guilt, shame, rejection. It might be a little bit harder for you. So as you lean into intuitive eating and you're you're trying to satisfy those needs that maybe you've ignored for a super duper long time, guess what's going to happen? That food police voice is going to come in to try to protect you. It's going to get louder. We talk about the food police voice on my newsletter, on the podcast quite a bit. So we're not going to go into all that today, but I want you to start to open your mind and maybe even practice the affirmation. It's okay to love my food. It's okay to enjoy my food. I'm remembering a client right now who said that she she was one of those people, like she'd have a craving in the mid afternoon. She's like, no cookies, no cookies, no cookies, no cookies. And she would just keep repeating it, repeating, repeating until she broke and then it, all the cookies, and then it it kind of fell out of control. She felt full. She felt sick. It wasn't until we started working on her permission to eat, she, she started to enjoy that cookie in the afternoon when she wanted it. She felt calmer. She could use the skills I'm about to mention. And it meant eating the cookie and moving on without those unpleasant feelings afterwards. So, you know, if you're struggling with permission to eat and you're like, okay, I'm giving myself permission to eat, but then I keep binging and feeling sick. What the heck? know that might be related in part to maybe early conditioning around feeling pleasure or joy around food. And if that's there, it's okay. Makes total sense. Now's the time to step up and be just like we talked last week week, uh, with, with Zoe, that loving parent to yourself and say, you know what? I can be good to myself through this. I can be kind to myself. I'll repeat again, the affirmations you might want to play with, you can craft your own language. It's okay to love and enjoy food. Satisfying myself now means I'll feel content later. What else? What are some other things that you need to hear to encourage yourself to really be satisfied and taste that food and experience it without guilt or fear? We could break this down into some steps if you'd like. And I'm going to do this around holiday stuff because it's upcoming, but I want you to imagine whatever events you have upcoming. It could be uh, a potluck dinner. It could be it could be a sit-down family-style dinner. It could be a cocktail party. Whatever you are have upcoming, um, I want you to just think about that for a moment. I want you to think about the environment, what's likely to be there. And step one is going to be, you're going to ask yourself, what do you really want to eat? 
Not what you should eat. <laughs> Not what you can't eat. What do you really want to eat? And this question is going to help you to understand what satisfaction might look like. A more shorthand version of this question is what sounds good? What sounds good right now? So that's a very simple question you can do to root yourself in your satisfaction rather than putting your boxing gloves on, getting ready to fight with that inner food police who comes in and says, you know what? You can't have that. You shouldn't eat that. That's bad. If you have that, you're walking tomorrow. We're kind of like wanting to drop the rope. We want to stop fighting with that inner food police. So if you hear it, that's okay. We hear you. We see you. But let me just check in with myself before we go through this rigmarole for the one millionth time. What do I want really? What sounds good? Then I want you to set your plate or make that choice. Maybe it's not a plate. Maybe you're just going to eat a piece of food or pieces of food, whatever. That's, that's not important. Make the choice. Actually give yourself what you want. And this probably is giving you the heebie-jeebies because I know already some of you are going like, well, that's fine at one party, but I've got six parties. And if I do this at six parties, then cut it out. We don't need that energy right now. We're just doing a wee bit of an exercise. You are experimenting to see how this changes your work. So when you have it clocked, what it is that you really want, now you are in a place where you can discover the qualities of the food, all of your senses, and how they truly feel in your body in that moment. Here's a great example. Every Christmas, there is a plate of Italian cookies at our event, every time. They're beautiful. They are such pretty colors. They're like pink, they're green. There's like tan ones, and there's all these colorful sprinkles, and then there's ones with jelly. And not only are they pretty, there's a ton of variety. And I am that kind of person like, ooh, What's that taste like? Ooh, what's that taste like? I just get super excited when I taste them all. Sometimes the cookie that I choose is like, oh, hubba hubba, oh baby, best cookie I've ever had. Sometimes that cookie is like, uh, excuse me, it's just been sitting out for three weeks and it's stale and it's dry and I don't like it. It's different. Sometimes what you think is going to be delicious is not. Sometimes what you think is going to be delicious is. You just don't know it's until it's in your mouth. And what I'm talking about here is mindfulness, which means to experience the moment as it is without judgment and with curiosity. If you start from a place of openness, of intention to meet your needs unconditionally, you are going to be in a place where you're more likely to be mindful. Compare that to the food police place where it's saying, okay, you got to do this. You shouldn't do this. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, protect me from this voice. How can I be mindful when I'm afraid? very challenging. When you have answered what sounds good, what do I really want? Got that food in front of you. Now we're going to activate your inner observer. And what we're going to be looking for are a few different things. So one of the things is how that food truly tastes to you. What do you notice? Is it mostly sweet? Is it salty? Is it sour? Is it bitter? Is it, oh my gosh, is there almond in this? What are the notes? See if you can slow down and access the taste. Now I'm going to give you a hot tip because I know for a fact that some of y'all did weight loss programs that taught you this exact same skill. And that might make you feel activated right now. Because what weight loss programs do with mindfulness is they co-opt it for an outcome, which immediately makes it not mindful because we're no longer coming from a place of curiosity and non-judgment. I remember weight loss programs where you were taught to slow down and really taste the food because you're trying to make that one cookie you're allowed last because that's all you're getting. So you might as well slow down and enjoy it. That's not what we are doing here. And it's important 
This is why coaching can be helpful is sometimes as you're implementing the intuitive eating skills, you don't know that your brain is shape-shifting back into dieting around some of the skills, but I'll just give you that one for free. That's a hot tip. If you went through any type of training in weight loss where they were like, use mindfulness skills so that you eat that one designated cookie that you're allowed. Uh -uh, That's not what we're doing. We're truly like, I want you to think like you're writing in a, in a, you're writing a cookbook or a, you're, you're a food critic and you're going to describe the taste to someone else for the sake of it. It does not dictate how many you eat. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't that kind of feel like, I, I just got like a little like, oh, that sounds fun. Please don't think I'm a dork. Actually, I do think I'm a dork. I am. It is what it is. Okay. So we're going to look at the taste. Another thing you can hone in on is texture. What's going on with that texture? Is it chewy? Is it puffy? Is it flaky? Is it gel, like a gelatin kind of texture? Um, is it crunchy some places and soft others? Is it consistent all the way around or are there different textures within? Get to know those textures. This is an interesting one because I know a lot of times, I I feel this way, where it's like, I just want something crunchy. You know, I just want like my teeth just want to do something right now. And in that moment, something like nuts or chips or crackers, that's going to feel really appealing versus a yogurt. Getting to know how the texture is riffing with you is really, really important. What else can we be looking at? Aroma, the smell of the food. What does it smell like? Does it have a smell? How does that smell cause you to react? So maybe prior to eating, if you're smelling food, is your mouth starting to fill with with saliva? That's weird, right? Like just a smell of food can just create this this, this reaction in our body. That's really, is your belly gurgling as you start to smell the food? That's data. If that's happening, it's very likely that you're hungry. I want to be honest with you. I haven't eaten dinner yet. Six o'clock right now. Talking about eating a cookie and thinking about smelling a cookie is making my mouth water, which tells me it's about dinner time and I got to wrap this podcast up. So having this mindfulness, you're going to then notice your body cues in a totally different way, which is going to affirm you and saying, you know what? Yes, I am hungry. Or yes, this is pleasing to me. I'm going to continue. Big picture satisfaction would tell you that that pleasure is a sign that you're doing right by your body. Appearance. You can look at the food. Does it look pretty or does it look not so pretty? Maybe aunt so-and-so you know, made a dish. She's not that talented. It's not looking so good. It's looking a little funky. Maybe the appearance is not appealing and you're going to pass on that. Or maybe you're going to say, you know, it looks ugly, but does it taste good? Let me try. Maybe you're going to be curious. Temperature. This time of year in Boston, it's been like 20s and 30s. All I want is warm food, hot tea, grain bowls for lunch because they're warm. I just want warm food. Very different than the summer. (laughs) Don't come at me with with a grain bowl. I I don't want it. I want ice cream. I want lemonade. I want cold. So if you are especially someplace where like a hot cup of cider would feel pleasing to you, it would warm you up. You can use that as a way to invite permission to eat. Focus on how that feels. Focus on how that temperature goes down your esophagus and into your stomach. What is that even like for you? Does it soothe you the way you thought or do you need to go put a sweatshirt on? Maybe that's what you need to do instead. So sometimes when we're using food to meet our needs beyond hunger, paying attention and asking, does this actually meet my need or not, is super powerful because sometimes it's not. And that is when you can start to engage in alternate coping from choice, not from deprivation. 
Another thing you might think about is the volume of the food or the filling capacity. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I feel a certain hunger level or feel a certain way and I look at my plate and I see how much food's on it, I'm like, that's probably not going to be enough volume. Now, sometimes I'm spot on because I've had a lot of lived experience eating food. I'm going to say I'm an expert, but sometimes I'm, I'm off in that it's not quite enough or it's a little bit over what my needs are. Visualizing the volume of the food first, it's okay to reference that and say, you know what, that's about what I typically eat when I eat this food. And typically that has left me feeling energized and well, let's start here. You're allowed to do that. That's not restricting or portioning. But at some point you've got to test what's going on in this moment. Because just because a bowl of this, you know, one bowl of chili, we'll say, usually works for you. That doesn't mean you're always going to want just one bowl of chili. Sometimes you might want two or a half bowl or whatever. These different aspects of food you can bring to your forefront at any time. So you can bring it to your mind as you're going, hmm, what sounds good? What do I really want? You can use that as a language to say, you know what, what sounds good? I want like crunchy, warm, tangy, gooey. You know what came to mind as I said those words? nachos. <laughs> so play that game with yourself. See if you can use these descriptive words, like what sounds good. And if you're at the party, maybe you look around and you see, well, what matches that here? Are there any foods that match that? There won't always be, but what if there is? Right on. Maybe you want to do it the other way where you look at what's available. You just set your plate a little bit more casually, a little bit less thinking. And then as you eat, you focus more on that experience and you pay attention. Does it feel pleasant? unpleasant or neutral at any point in that process, that's going to help you to know what to keep going for and what to maybe dial back on from an intrinsic or an internal place. That food police doesn't need to be involved, does it? Because you can learn to trust yourself. These skills I'm describing might not happen easily for you. We just talked about why. That does not mean that you can't be trusted. It doesn't mean you'll never get it. It means that there may be some building blocks to the work that you need to hone in on. For now, for today, I just wanted to give you something to add joy to your end of year. Whatever holiday you celebrate, if you celebrate, whether you're feeling positive about the holidays or like, oh, just get, get it over with, all of that's well and good. All of that is okay. Wherever you are, you can always add satisfaction into your life some way. And the mindfulness skills that we reviewed could be a way of getting at that. Just a little bit closer to it. I'm going to be using them too. You know, I had fun recording this podcast episode today. <laughs> now I'm second guessing my hiatus. but And I guess what that's telling me is that I do love this work. And I am beyond honored that I have a chance to sit here in my home office and teach so many people who have found this podcast. So I truly cannot thank you enough for your time. It's precious <laughs> that you chose to spend it here on this podcast. It means a lot to me. I hope that I will see you somewhere along the way. Like I said, following the podcast for episodes that may come out down the line, my newsletter, Instagram, all of those are great places to stay in touch. And before I go, if I may, this is your reminder, however rough the holiday season goes for you, food or body image wise, and I hope it does not, however rough it is, anticipate that your food police is going to tell you you need to go on a diet. 
and anticipate that your food police is going to get affirmed because everybody and their brother is probably going to try to go on a diet. This is your reminder you do not need a diet in the new year, however sexy it may sound, because you have been down that path before. I want you to remember me saying this to you now. Future you is going to remember, oh yeah, Melissa said this would happen, that I would start thinking about diets and that that totally makes sense and it's totally normal and not today, not in 2023. In 2023, I want you to affirm that you can do something different. You can. If you want support and help with that, you can apply for coaching. I'd be super honored and happy to take you every step of the way. Everything you're doing makes a difference to break the diet cycle. We are the first in our families to do it. (laughs) It's real hard work. Take good care of yourself. Thank you for being here with me. Until next time, be good to your good body.